listen to Mark and Neanderthal when you get to work with the free KSLX app. Sounds good and loud. 100.7 KSLX. You know, on Thursday night of last week, uh, DPS pulled a guy over at like 20th Street and Greenway. Okay. And for a traffic violation and found 464 pounds of meth in the car. Which is not a lot, by the way, if you think about it. Oh, it's- well, it's the largest... No, no, I it's mean, the I mean, I mean, single single confiscation in, in DPS history. No, it just doesn't look like a lot because meth is very small. So it's like this, like brick of meth. Ah, <laughs> no, see, I wouldn't know that, but uh, can it fit in the glove compartment? I don't know. Um, no, it can't because you've got your gloves in there. Exactly, so, um, but- and, and a bunch of ketchup packets <laughs> and some napkins. Yes. So um, that's all well and good, and congratulations to DPS yes. on the bust uh, again. The journalism is killing me. Uh oh! Why did they pull him over? That's what I want to know. The traffic violation. Yeah. That's what the thing. Was it? The what meth was the is inconsequential. That's the thing for you. You feel like I there's mean, a question that's unanswered. What is unanswered to me is <laughs> what was this simple little thing that the guy forgot right. and got himself into so much? Right. Was it a busted tail light? Right. Did he not signal when he should have signaled? Did he roll through a stop sign? That's how it happens, though. When you think about it, what did they get Al Capone for? Yeah, taxes, right? right Some, yeah, something else. Front of his stuff. Something else they're being careless with leads to the big fish, right? right? Because because you tend to be so focused on the big crime that you're doing that you don't pay attention to the little details. And those little details are the things that screw you in the yeah. end. Yeah. You know, kids, if you're carrying 50,000 fentanyl pills. Yes. 35 pounds of cocaine and 464 pounds of methamphetamine, drive safely. <laughs> <laughs> or you might find yourself with. You know, I saw over the weekend, not to be a bummer, but uh, there's only two states that are going down in terms of COVID. But you you got to hear this one. Did you see what they did in New York or, or what they the, the wedding that they put a stop to? No. It was a wedding. And, you know, of course, they're trying to discourage large gatherings. There was a wedding in New York City that was planned for the borough of Brooklyn. And uh, they put a stop to it because there were going to be 10,000 guests. 10,000? 10, 10,000 guests. What are they, big time in us? <laughs> 10,000. The dance floor would have to be a football field. Who the hell knows? Well, Jet Stadium is empty. So, <laughs> Yeah, but no, I, your next question, who the hell knows that 10, many people? people. Who knows 10,000 people? I don't know. How do, whose wedding is it? I don't know. They didn't. They didn't have any of the See, details. See, there's your of journal. That. There's your journalistic issue there again. We don't know well, whose wedding it is. They did report on this. Ten thousand uh, people. Who yeah. knows? I don't know anybody that knows ten thousand people unless it's like a concert. Yeah. The only thing they reported on was that uh, four thousand three hundred and thirty-seven. We're going to have the chicken. Four thousand uh, yeah. one hundred eighty-four. Yeah. We're going to have yeah. the fish. Yeah. And blah blah and blah blah and four people are going to do the vegan meal. You want to but, impress me? Open bar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really. Uh, that's mind-blowing, isn't it? Yes. I mean... That's ridiculous. You know, I'm a social guy. I'm in a job where I meet a lot of people. I couldn't even think of 10,000 people. That's like... Let alone have 10,000 people I'd invite to something. That's like 8,000 more people than are listening to this program right now. <laughs> that is not true. Oh. It is story time, and uh, I think John from Phoenix is going to help us pick our story today. Good morning to you, John. Hey, good morning. How are you gentlemen this morning? We are well, and thank you for your blatantly feigned concern. Woo! Uh, 
man, I stepped right into that. Yep, you, you sort of did. But it's Monday. You're going to step in a lot worse than that, I, I imagine so. So here's the deal. It's your job to be the arbiter of uh, what we like to call content on the show. These are stories that uh, occur between Friday and Monday uh, in Mark and My Life. And you have to decide which one is more interesting for the audience. So, John, mine is uh, it's actually part, partly a question. I think I may have gotten conned on Friday at the top of an exit ramp by somebody holding a sign. That's mine. And in the spirit of the Tom Cruise movie Minority Report, I may have some some prior knowledge of a murder that's about to be committed, and, I'm, and I want to avoid prosecution at all costs. So should I tell that story, or should Mark tell you about being conned at the top of an, uh, an off-ramp? Well, you know, I'm kind of a law and order guy. And oh, no. I- being being conned is is awful. I feel yeah. for Mark, but gosh darn it! If if we can prevent someone going to jail or someone getting killed, yeah. I I got to know. All right, I understand. <laughs> nice. um, and, and it turns out this way: Mary Beth is her name. Should any legal authorities be listening right now? And I went with her on Friday night to get a fish. Now um, you would is that, say, the, is that what the kids are calling it these days? Yes, yes. We went we went fishing, <laughs> if you will. I went with her to get a fish. fish? She apparently wanted to get a fish because nothing says companionship like a fish. Mm -hmm. So we go to the fish store, and little did I know that Mary Beth has done absolutely zero research on how to take care of a fish whatsoever. So she turns and looks at me, a man who's never owned a fish in his life, and asks me questions about how to properly maintain the life of a fish, another living being. I don't have kids. There's a reason why I don't have kids. Don't you just put it in water? I would think, but you have to, like, condition the water, and there has to be, like, I guess oxygen in the water. I don't know. Um, Beta fish is what she went with, which, by the way, are expensive for a fish. How much was it? Like 30 bucks or something like that for a fish. That's for a expensive. tiny little fish. Oh, that's an expensive fish. Yeah, she's big time and it's with this fish. <laughs> but here's the deal. She she's good care of it. Yeah, well, <laughs> here's hoping she takes care of it. I'm get, The over-under on this fish is maybe a fortnight. That's two weeks for you. But the kids like to say fortnight for whatever reason. Yeah. So in any event, she's asking me all these questions, and I turn to look at her. I go, "Look, I don't know. I don't know how to take care of a fish. You're looking at the wrong guy." And she continues to ask me questions on how to take care of this fish. This is a dead fish. This soon, this fish will soon expire. I know it. What are you supposed? These fish are supposed to live like three years. That's assuming the person, the person taking care of them, knows what they're doing. Now, would that be? And John, maybe would that be murder or manslaughter? From neglect, or would it be oh. neglect? Is it premeditated when she knows she does? She's going to kill the fish. She, well, she doesn't uh, know I'm, that. Yes, yeah, she knows. She, she knows. knows she's going to kill the fish because she doesn't know what she's doing. <laughs> Dead fish swimming. So, um, so neg- I, I'm going to go with manslaughter or fish slaughter. Yeah, fish slaughter. All right, fish there slaughter. you go. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. Negligent, negligent fish slaughter. Fish slaughter yeah. So, right. I, so I have in in the spirit of if you see something, say something. If anybody knows the authorities. Chase down Mary Beth. She's mm-hmm. about to kill a fish. Yeah. She's she's named the fish Eddie, by the way, after Eddie Van Halen. That's nice. It's going to be Daddy. Yeah. It'll be Daddy soon. All right. So we need we do need Tom Daddy, Cruise Eddie. on this. Yeah. Yeah, Tom Cruise. So thank you. Thank you for helping us with Thanks, our pre-crime John. issue. Um, All right. And yeah. Interesting. Uh, I'm pointing it out. I thought that would be simple. It's not simple. All right. You, it's a fish, but apparently fish... And, see, here's the thing. Everybody goes, well, get a fish. You know, they're pretty much maintenance-free. No, they're not. If you Google how to take care of a fish, there's all kinds of problems that can happen. I suppose. Yeah.
We have both been enjoying the same streaming series, which is Cobra Kai. Which is dumb. Let's just get this out of the it way. It is. Right it's way. dumb, it's but dumb. it's totally enjoyable. It's what it's supposed to be. It's a waste of time, and it's entertaining, and we love it. It's on Netflix, and it's basically the Karate Kid, the original movie, 34 or 35 years later. What happened to everybody? So yeah. you've got Daniel, who was Ralph Macchio. You've got Johnny, who was the blonde jerk in the first movie. Right. But it shows what happened to them. So... Here's the deal. Ario Speedwagon, again, just like in the show Ozark, pops up in an episode and gets a little bit of love. And it's like out of nowhere it happens. So here's the setting. So at a certain point, circumstances happen where Daniel, who is a car dealer, kind of owes Johnny a car. Because his daughter basically hit and runs, it, yeah, hit and runs a, Johnny's car early on in the series. Series of circumstances. Yeah. And so uh, they're driving. They're doing a test drive. And Johnny's really flooring this thing around town. He's making Daniel all nervous and Yeah, upset. they're driving around in a kick-ass Dodge Challenger. Yes. And, and at a certain point, Johnny asks... Danny, about Daniel, about the sound system. How many speakers does this thing have? It has enough. Here. Turns on the radio. Ario. So Johnny then notices that Daniel's head is bobbing, and he asks him this question. You like speed wagon? Hear that? Doesn't. Okay, we'll play that again for you, but. But if you don't like it, no, no. So they leave the radio on. And both their heads start bobbing, and then they have this very wonderful bonding moment here, both singing. Oh, my God. So, all right. I I, I have so many issues with this. Okay, so let's go back. I mean, it's a great segment. It's a great scene and a great segment for REO Speedwagon, but let's check out the question again. You like Speedwagon? What kind of man doesn't well, okay, I, let me just let me two just. Two things. I, I don't like REO Speedwagon. <laughs> let me just say that. And you know what? Not I, that it matters, but yeah, I, I don't I mean, like. So I guess I'm not a man. I like them, but I don't love. I mean, they're, they're not that, a band I seek out. But is I, that a band I, that if you don't tunes, if you, you know? don't like them, they pull your man card for it? See, that's the thing. They're definitely not a band that you would associate with ultra macho. You know, no, not, they ain't Motorhead. Okay? No, no. I mean, I don't know that I've ever been in a bar fight with REO Speedwagon on in the background. Yeah, no. It, I don't think I've ever seen a bar. I don't think REO, I believe REO Speedwagon may be the uh, antidote for a potential bar fight. Yeah, it's not a band that you would associate with, you know, Nothing macho rebellious. manliness. Yeah, yeah no. no. So that's one thing. The second thing, actually, hey, buddy, you're familiar with REO Speedwagon, right? Right. Oh, yeah, more, yes. Okay. okay, if you were going to be talking about them to somebody else, telling somebody about them, how would you reference the band? How would you how would you say their name? I would say the REO Speedwagon. Anything else you might call them? A shorter name? Uh, REO. Have you ever heard anybody describe them just as Speedwagon as, hey, you want to listen to some Speedwagon? Uh, never. Yeah, I'm with you. Thank you. Uh, anybody from the Midwest who wants to weigh in on this, by all means, because that's where it was, right? You like Speedwagon? What kind of man doesn't? <laughs> kind of, by the way, I'm not sure. I'm not sure Ralph Macchio. I'm not sure Ralph Macchio is also the epitome of alpha male masculinity either. Well, it, you what know, kind of man doesn't like yeah. you. He turns to look at the guy. This is a guy you kicked in the face 30 years ago and you're calling him a pussy. Well, <laughs> here's what I mean. What led up to that is that, you know, they were at the dealership and, and Daniel goes, oh, you know, cars. And, and Johnny says, what kind of man doesn't? What kind of you man know? doesn't? So, yeah. Um, that's how that came about. But 
I just saw that. I was like, no, no, they don't call them. No, you don't call them Speedwagon. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure we could think of some other bands that, you you know, you shorten the name and it's only one of the things you use. Motley. Well, no, I think you use the crew. Uh, It's it's both, actually. It's kind of both. Yeah, it's both. So, but there are others. Yeah. yeah. No, you've heard it's uh, Jovi. Yeah. Dude, yeah. If throw you're going to on. If you're going to use one of them, you'd use Jovi. Yeah. 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 And by the way, I will also like to pull out this little factoid. <laughs> Is Take It on the Run really the song that you're going to macho bond over? <laughs> you would think it would be Roll with the Changes or yeah. Riding the Storm Out. Or I hear you. Something with some teeth. Yeah. Not <laughs> not keep on loving you or take it on the run. Take it right? on the run yeah. is like a lady skate choice at the, at the roller <laughs> rink on a, on a Friday night. So I great scene. Yeah. But great show. But using Speedwagon to describe them did not ring true. Party foul. We were discussing Cobra Kai, the show, which is sort of the Karate Kid 35 years later. And it's a very good, fun show on Netflix. Yep. If you're looking for something to waste time and feel entertained and not feel like you wasted any time at all because television is meant to be a distraction, this is it. It's I a actually great, great example of it. love the character of Johnny Lawrence, yep. the, guy, the guy who gets kicked in the face in the original Karate Kid. It's a, it's a great character study. The Ralph Macchio character is not nearly as interesting to me. No, and... And I, w- I, don't, I don't know. They've already done the Emmys, right? Uh, I, I, yeah, for whatever they, are, they look like this year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but I think William Zabka deserves an Emmy. He's like, great. He, he's actually, here's something you never thought you'd ever hear anybody say. That William Zabka, quite an actor. Yeah. He's great in this, and you feel empathy for Johnny Lawrence as the hero as opposed to being the villain. So, this clip we were talking about where they're discussing a particular band. You like Speedwagon? What kind of man doesn't? Look, and and Mark and I have been running in the rock circles for many a decade. (laughs) Yes. And I don't believe anybody has ever come up to us and requested Speedwagon or asked about Speedwagon or asked if they were ever going to win Speedwagon tickets. I think we have somebody who was from the Quad Cities. Uh Uh-oh. Well, I grew up in the Midwest, and I would go and listen to REO Speedwagon before they became a big name. Right. And I have never heard anybody call them Speedwagon. Exactly. Yeah. We rest our case. Yes. Yeah. Perfect I point. Mean, it's not something you do. It's not a thing. It, it's like the Rolling Stones. Nobody says, hey, you want to listen to some rolling? No, they might it's say always the, the Stones. stones. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I agree with you completely. And like I say, I'm fond of REO. I wouldn't call them a band that guys would like. But, exactly. But I've always listened to them. I, I enjoy listening to them. It's so. funny, just the way you said that, when you say, I'm fond of them, it's such faint <laughs> praise for a band. Exactly. That's, but that's REO Speedwagon in a nutshell. They're just sort of there. Yeah. REO Speedwagon yeah, good, is but, never going to yeah. be Journey, and they're not even quite sticks. No, no, no. But it's, like I say, they started in Champaign, Illinois. I grew up in the Quad Cities. Right. And they would they would come to town, and we would go and listen to them. And you, uh, thank yeah. you. And you never said, hey, let's go see the Speedwagon. Or no, go see a, Speedwagon no. tonight. You'd say REO like or we, REO Speedwagon. There are certain bands, like we just played Bad Company. Hey, you want to listen to some Bad Co.? Yeah. I get, they were never bad. They were never and they company. Were never comp- the no. company. They're okay. a bad company. Pink Floyd. 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 Yeah. You might call them Floyd for short. Yeah. You, you really don't call them pink for short. Um, Grateful Dead. That's the dead. The dead. And if anybody ever asked me if I ever wanted to listen to the dead, my answer was always unequivocally, no. <laughs> Never. But you knew who they were talking about, 
and you appreciated that they referred to them correctly. Yes. Yes. Well, this is some Benatar. There <laughs> you go. Perfect. So uh, Saturday night, we went out for our anniversary. Oh, look at you. Congratulations. Thank you. For the first time in probably seven months, we did a ride share. Oh, uh, how's that? How's that working now? Same deal. You know, I think the driver is required to have a mask, if I'm not mistaken. Right. But so we wanted to go to this specific restaurant. The only reservation I could get was 515. The only other choice was 830, and that's way too late. <laughs> Let's face what? it. Come on. That's way too late. You it, know it. It is too late to be eating. Yes. <laughs> that's way too late. Yeah. You uh, could get home at like 1030 if you do something crazy like that. There was a time There was a time when you were in your 20s, though, when you were like, what, 10 o'clock dinner? I'm in. Yeah, I'm oh, good with it. Yeah. yeah. Well, 10 o'clock, you were eating a hot dog or yeah. something. Yeah, you know, dinner. Yeah, I can't slow down for dinner. That'll interrupt my drinking. Yes. Yeah. It was so. the, sa- the sausage cart outside the club. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You want so, peppers on that? Yes, I do. So we, we take the ride share at 5.15 Saturday or about, you know, 4.45 Saturday afternoon. So it's kind of early evening, late afternoon. Right. 20 bucks was the ride. Okay. Okay. We get done with dinner and everything. You know, we were laughing about it because it was like 7.20. I'm like, I guess we're done. All right, let's go home. <laughs> so we call. Get guess, off. Get off my lawn. Guess what they we're charging at that point because it was now Saturday night. Guess what the price was? After a $20 ride, so it's the same ride home, same distance. $30. 58 What? 58 Three times the amount of money? Yeah. Why? I... Because they because could. Because it's Saturday night. So yeah, I guess I. Th- I mean, that's, hello. I've heard the pro- I've heard the term surge pricing. That's a hell of a surge. That's ridiculous. That's three hundred percent. So we went to a different ride share. App I would think so. Yeah, and, and got one for thirty one bucks, and a, and a kick ass driver too. Sid, who was listening to KSLX when we got into the car, and turned out to be a really big listener. So good morning, Sid. Well, I'm sure if Sid is working nights, he's probably not listening. But he somebody said, he, who knows Sid, let him know. Said he actually listens uh, listens pretty much all day. Oh, that's he, cool. I asked him. I said, what would you put on your car last year? 60,000 miles. Oh. And he's had the car for 18 months. It's almost at 100,000 miles. Well, I'm, he must he's, be. He's make, driving full time. He must be making bank, bro. And not as much as the Catalina wine mixer, of well, course. Well, of course. Well, but he's, yeah. yeah, he's probably making bank, bro. Bank. Um, um, <laughs> Time for the Mark and Neanderthal Dumbass of the Day. Uh, we're going to go to Jersey. New Jersey is our setting, and we're going to meet 40-year-old Daniel, who was out driving on August 16th around 9.45 p.m. So you can probably guess where this one's headed, right? It's To the bar? It's headed all over the road is where it's headed. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's headed to jail is yeah. where it's headed. Other wouldn't be the Mark and Neanderthal Dumbass of the Day. Right. Daniel had been drinking, of course, and of attracted course. the attention of police by speeding and driving erratically. Police began following him, and after an improper lane change, decided it was time to pull Daniel over. Uh, Daniel complied, pulled his pickup truck over to the side of the road where officers questioned him. The police did not speak to the three passengers in the car because they were all young children. Daniel's children. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh-oh. Police officers were very, very upset about this. Uh, you know, not only because three children had their lives endangered, but... Also because they were endangered by one of their co-workers. 
Yes, Daniel is a oh no police officer in this town in New Jersey. I'm surprised this yes. story made it made it to the press because yeah. you know there's a little brotherhood honor among sometimes, thieves. Yeah. Sometimes, 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 sometimes these things just get handled. You know what I mean? Yep. So I mean, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying it happens. No, no, it's reality at times. I, yeah. I get it. Yeah. So Daniel has been suspended without pay. He is definitely not getting Father of the Year in his town. I would think not. Nor is he getting Officer of the Year in his town. I would think not. But he has been named the Mark and Neanderthal Dumbass of the Day. Hey, gang, this is the Money Man, Eddie Money, and I think that's a beautiful story you guys just told. Actually, the opposite, but it's sponsored. It's not beautiful at all. No, no, sponsored by Ride Now Power Sports. RideNow.com, six Valley locations to serve you. You'll see the story at the Mark and Neanderthal Facebook page. KSLX. It's Mark and Neanderthal. So I've been kind of uh, anticipating this and also dreading it all morning. Um, A lot of you know that I was part of another radio show here in Phoenix called the Tim and Mark show. The Tom and Mike show. I love that yeah. show. You, you've heard us jokingly referred to that, you know, as a show on on the old KDKB. And yeah. uh, Tim and I were brought here in 1989 after we started in, in 1985 together in a Connecticut town that you've never heard of. Uh, we did two years in Allentown, Pennsylvania, and a year in Baltimore. And uh, when we got here, uh, the show succeeded beyond our wildest dreams. 16 years doing mornings at one station in Phoenix. Um, not not a lot of people in radio get to experience something like that, so it was pretty special. And in the environment that you were in, uh, it is even more extraordinary given the working conditions that you had to exist under. Yes, because you're familiar of, with them. Yeah. I speak from experience. That was not an easy place for you guys to work. I'm sure the show was, was uh, meddled with a lot, and you guys persevered and should be proud of that. And so the reason I'm saying this is because it's with... with Tremendous. You're going to cry like a girl, aren't you? Yep. I know. I, am. I get it. No, I, it's, it's understandable. It's with great sadness that I tell you that my friend and my former radio partner, Tim Scott, passed away yesterday. Now, I'm, I, yeah. I am the second girl guy that it doesn't matter what happens. I'm not your real partner. Yeah. That's, I, I, mean, I mean, my whole life has been, I've been dealing with this <laughs> since this show began, which you're not my real partner, man. I get it. Yeah. So. Uh, it was a it was a battle with liver cancer, and uh, I found out about Tim's diagnosis about a year ago. So he and I traded a couple of texts over the past year. Now, honestly, Tim and I weren't really part of each other's lives over the last fifteen years or so, and, and that was not out of animosity. We just grew into different people over the twenty years we worked together. But in that twenty years, we were very much a part of each other's lives. He was in my wedding party. I was in his. Um, I'm still married to the woman that I married back then, and so was Tim. Still married to his wife, 32 or 33 years later. They had two sons. He, he was a family man. Uh, after Tim and Mark ended, uh, Tim spent the next 15 years working in nonprofits here in the Valley because helping people was his real passion. Although I, I don't know that he ever realized how many people he helped just by making them laugh in the morning on the radio. Uh, this past Friday afternoon, I texted Tim uh, just out of the blue, not expecting, you know, any anything momentous. And uh, I got a response Saturday morning from his wife to tell me that Tim was probably in his final days. And uh, I'll always be grateful that she took time during her darkest hours to let me know that. And she texted me again yesterday to let me know that Tim had passed a few hours earlier. 
Um, I shared a lot of memories with Tim, so this is this is a difficult one. Uh, I, I'm guessing that Tim downplayed his radio accomplishments to his two sons out of a genuine, very genuine sense of modesty. So in case he did, let me assure you, let me assure his sons that Tim was part of something that was big and that he, he helped rescue KDKB from the brink of a format change in 1989. Your dad's radio show deserves to be in the Arizona Broadcasting Hall of Fame. I would have loved to have seen that happen when, when Tim was alive. Um, and because I'm back in this business, I still hear from people about how much the show meant to them. So if, if you were a listener and if you'd like to show your appreciation for what Tim Scott did, I'd encourage you to make a donation to an organization called Arizonans for Children. It's the last place Tim worked before he got sick. The organization helps foster children. Take a breath. It's ArizonansForChildren.org, and you can click Ways to Help. Um, I did grab a small piece of audio from back in the day. It's not the funniest thing Tim ever said, but it, it very quickly and very efficiently encapsulates the way he was, how funny he was. He was talking about weather. I was watching Channel 5 yesterday, yeah. and they had their weather guy out. And he was making a big deal about the fact that they had the only mobile weather unit. So they go where the weather is. I'm like, well, gee, that must be a far trip. <laughs> <laughs> the hell? You go out to the parking lot. So I've stolen that several times over the years, sometimes giving credit, sometimes not. But I, I just, I, I always loved that. It was so fast, so lightning quick, and and and, and terrific. So um, listen, uh, thank you for all those years of listening to that show uh you know i appreciated it tim appreciated it and if you appreciate him arizonansforchildren.org whatever you could donate would be greatly appreciated and i send my best to his family so i don't know tim at all i've only met him i had only met him uh two or three times i was the program director for the old radio station that he and mark were on for so many years and we were doing our 40th anniversary show, you know, a, a, a reunion show type, sort of a commemoration thing for the radio station before I tanked the station by horribly programming it. And Tim was as outgoing and gregarious as one could ask for a guy who had been unceremoniously told to leave the radio station. They were not. Well, he. They it, were not. They were not treated well near the end. No. Well, he. That was Tim's choice, actually. No, he, I understand. He went no, to do what he wanted to do. No, I understand. That, but and, I'm yeah. saying the management of the radio station did not treat you as well as they could have. Uh, they did not treat me as well as they could have. Yes. I, I have no trouble with the way they treated both of us over the years. No trouble with that at all. They treated us very well. But towards the end, it could have been done a little bit better. But in Tim's situation, he was doing what he wanted to do. Right. And more power to him. I never. I never. You know, people would ask me sometimes, do you resent that? I said, I never resent that. you got to be who you are. Yeah. And he, he grew less comfortable with doing radio and wanted to do these other things. And, and he did them well. And my experiences with him were nothing but pleasant. I, I yeah. will say, I will share one thing that you shared with me that I found to be a an amazing quirk about Tim was that he had this thing about buying gasoline. <laughs> Where he would only he would only yeah. spend ten dollars at the pump, whether he needed a full yeah. tank or not. Yeah. And I always thought I, I never got a chance to ask him why, and I kind of <laughs> regret that. I wish I could have. I wish it I could ask him that thing. question because it and was pretty cool. Now that would hardly get you anywhere these days, yes, right? Yes, especially that's not during enough, the gas but, crunch and stuff. But, but yeah, he's um, an interesting dude. So he was a solid human being yeah. by my experience yes, with him. And, and Arizona radio was better off, yeah, uh, because of of the Tim and Mark show. So uh, anybody at the Arizona Broadcasters Association, they should commemorate and. And induct the Tim and Mark show into the Broadcasting and that, Hall of Fame. And I'm not just saying that because I'm the I'm Tim 
Adams. Uh, 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 and that's not horrible, what this is about. But this horrible, is, yeah. horrible replacement. Yeah, this is, that's not what this is about. It's just about uh, it's just about honoring a guy who, who did a great job and then right, did so. something that he really believed in. Um, you know, stepped away from what we consider to be a great job and did what he really loved to do. So my condolences to his family, his friends, his fans, and all the listeners of that show. Uh, he was a good dude, and he will be missed. Thanks to everybody uh, for emails and calls and everything. Uh, I just made the announcement, and and you, you may have seen it elsewhere on Facebook or things like that. The the show I used to do, the Tim and Mark show, Tim Scott passed away yesterday. From uh, it was a, a a very rough final year uh, from liver cancer. So appreciate all the phone calls this morning. Yeah, and, hey guys, and I just wanted to call and say, you know, I grew up uh, here in the valley listening to Tim and Mark like my whole childhood. Um, obviously, I don't know you or Tim personally, but I just that show was was amazing, and it really really formed my whole life. Basically, I mean, my sense of humor, <laughs> my love of classic rock, everything came from that show. So very flattering. You know, thank you very much. I appreciate you, and I appreciate him, and you know, best of his family and his friends. And thanks, man. You guys, uh, you and Neanderthal are kicking ass too. So, oh, thanks. thank you. Right on, guys. Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind being. You know, I don't mind being uh, somebody's second second wife. I'm okay with that because usually the second the second wife, you know, usually knows how to take handle business. Is yeah. all I'm saying. It's uh, <laughs> it's really a it's it's funny. I was you know my wife and I talked for a long time yesterday about this stuff and and I I I, I corresponded with Tim's wife yesterday and I, I said I'm not going to say anything on the air and you know Tim was a fairly private guy right and she said no actually I think it you know it would be cool if you did. And so, um, I just, you know, quick story that comes to mind. Uh, my wife reminded me of this one. It's one of her favorites. Um, years ago when we were at KDKB, um, and Paul knows this from working there too. Yes. Um, the equipment could be spotty at best. <laughs> they, um, they spared every expense. They spared every Look, expense. The, the Tim they and really Mark did. show was given every opportunity to fail. And in spite of, of, <laughs> right. of internal cons, uh, conspiracy against them, uh, we had a magnificent career yeah. here in Phoenix. Yeah, no, and, and I'm real proud of that. You know, as much as I joke, about things and um, very proud of that and I know Tim was also um, but <laughs> there was one time we had an opportunity to interview George Carlin and when we worked together in Allentown years earlier we had interviewed him one time and he was a mean bitter person yes and I'm like okay maybe we just caught him on a because neither of us wanted to really do it right and we're like maybe we just caught him on a bad day so we arranged this and we couldn't do it while we were on the air he could only call in later so we went into one of the production studios, which, again, equipment, spotty at best. Nerf radio yeah. is what I would call it. It was radio so on the cheap. There was a situation where we couldn't both be on microphone with George Carlin. Ridiculous. Something had been broken or we couldn't get a feed to one of the mics. I don't remember what it was, but we flipped the coin to say, okay, who's going to ask the questions? And so I won the coin flip, or although really lost yes, the coin exactly, flip. Yes, exactly, yeah, because was not. he was not an easy so, interview. So – I was going to be asking the questions. And so Tim was sitting on the other side of the board, kind of like we're sitting right now, Paul. And, you know, back in those days, you didn't email people questions or message them questions. He was writing them down on paper and stuff like that. If he had a question, he'd hold it up in the air. And so we're trying to have it, you know, so, George, you're coming to town on October 22nd. Yeah, so, you know, he's given us answers yeah, like he, that. He's he just being a, a jerk he again. He was a jerk when it came to radio interviews. So I can only think that that's how he, he felt about radio people, that he was always treating them poorly. Where he actually started out in radio. Yes. So, you know, Tim was holding up questions, you know, what's the toughest show you've ever done? You know, 
who you know what kind of crowds do you really like you know reasonable good questions and George Carlin is just treating every question like garbage right. and dismissing it so finally Tim you know writes he grabs a piece of cardboard and he writes on a big black sharpie why are you such a crabby old f you know except <laughs> he wrote the whole word out right and i started laughing and George Carlin was like what's so funny i said why are you such a crabby old f and he hangs up and you know we just started laughing Tim and i and having you know sharing the laugh George Carlin calls back a moment later and says, if you put any of that on the air, I will sue your station. And, the, you know, the general manager happens to be walking in at this time. He hears it, and George Carlin slams the phone down. So we never did run any of it on the air. We which, should run it which now. Might, get, I, don't even know what, I don't even know what happened yeah. to it, honestly. Yeah. But um, that was just one of the things that, that happened while we were working together. Well, it was one of those uh, one of those radio shows. There was one in every city that uh, it was like, you know, the so-and-so show. You know, and we yeah. joke about the Tom and Mike show yeah. as Joe, but Tim and Mark was that show here in Phoenix for a long time. And again, uh, when Tim made the decision to walk away, um, that, that really broke up something that was a sort of a piece of radio history here in the Valley, and it should be acknowledged as such. And of course, um, our thoughts and, and prayers and condolences to the family of Tim Scott and uh, and all of his friends as well. And if there's yeah. anything public that's going to happen, we'll let you know, but I would be highly suspect of that because as I as Mark had said earlier, Tim was a fairly private guy off Yeah, I think, it, you know, whatever ceremonies and service will be will be private i'm guessing but um you know if not i would let people know but but if so i wouldn't let people know all right good morning listen to mark and the interpol when you get to work with the free kslx app 100.7 kslx membership fees apply after free trial cancel anytime can i be real for a second that goal you have to exercise and eat better you really can do it but nobody is going to do it for you And nobody has to, because you can do it, if you have the right tools, and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. Dramatic pause. A dramatic pause says something without saying anything at all. Dramatic pause. Pause is a go-to for podcasters, presidents, and radio voiceovers. It makes you look really smart, even if you're not. Feet deserve a go-to like that. Like Hey Do Choose. Light, comfy, good to go to.